0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, March 8, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Senator Jim Bunning of Kentucky has thrown a perfect game, but he's also high on the all-time list for hit batsmen. For objecting to Congress declaring non-emergency spending to be emergency spending. Bunning has successfully highlighted the fact that so-called Pago rules aren't being taken very seriously in Congress. Brandon Arnold, Director of Government Affairs at the Cato Institute, comments. Jim Bunning has caught a lot of flack in the media, certainly, of late, because uh, he's been holding up a piece of legislation, or he held up a piece of legislation that was very popular politically. It it included a number of provisions like unemployment uh, insurance extensions, uh, COBRA extension, which is basically health insurance for people who do not have jobs, a bunch of popular provisions, uh, and he certainly became uh, the butt of a lot of jokes and the target of a lot of criticism as a result. Uh, it seems, though, a lot of that is unwarranted. Essentially, what he was trying to do was not block those, uh, those provisions, not block those, uh, those extensions of, of certain programs, but instead make sure that the Congress actually paid for them, and thus enforcing the, the PAYGO rule that, that governs the actions of both the House and the Senate. Now, it should govern the actions of both the House and the Senate in general, but in this case, they were, they were prepared not to do that. Well, sure. Fiscal conservatives have always liked PAYGO in theory, but derided the fact that it's so easy to circumvent. Essentially, you can the majority leader can can simply designate spending as emergency spending, and therefore it's not subject to the the supermajority uh, sixty vote threshold in the Senate, and that's exactly what what Harry Reid did this time, because things are so uh, these things are so popular. Unemployment insurance, uh, for instance, it's uh, it's so popular. Um, he waited till the very last minute to pass this extension. They've known for months and months and months that these programs are going to expire. But he waited till the very last minute, designated them as emergency spending, and thus tried to circumvent PAYGO. Um, incidentally, they just, a matter of weeks ago, tried to strengthen PAYGO by making it part of statute. That is part of U.S. law instead of its current uh, status is, is, uh, is just a rule that governs the actions of the House and the Senate uh, the, the rule and the law are slightly different. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll spare the, the boredom that it would take to, to explain all of the, 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 de- the details, but essentially they, they violated the rule, uh, not necessarily the law, but, but that's still, put, uh, they still have the potential to violate that down the road as well. Um, and then, then just a, a matter of, of, of days after doing this, a matter of days after, um, after punching a, a pretty sizable hole in, in, in PAGO law, they, uh, they had a reception, for, I think about 30 members of Congress gathered at the White House to celebrate uh, the, the new era of PAGO uh, now that it's part of, of statute instead of simply uh instead of simply the rules package uh at at over at the White House. So uh certainly at this point, um Senator Bunning in addition to, to taking a, a number of hits uh from his colleagues, from the media, from, from some of his constituents either, he is absolutely hopping mad. He's he's not necessarily a, a cool tempered uh, individual to start with. And uh he he really uh was not only defeated in his efforts to uh, to slow down this this spending train and and actually come up with some pay um uh, he was also stabbed in the back by congressional leadership after uh, after crafting what he thought was an agreement to at least get a vote he didn't expect to win but he at least wanted a vote so the senate would have to go on record as to whether or not these programs these program extensions should be paid for his attempt i guess was to highlight the fact that these people were circumventing Pago rules, he became the bad guy. Right. Well, the Democrats couldn't have been happier to see that Jim Bunning was the one objecting to their their uh, unanimous consent agreement. That is a, a procedural uh, agreement because he has a reputation for being a, a bit of a hothead. Uh, as you pointed out, he's he's hit more batters than than almost every uh, major league pitcher in the history of baseball. Uh, He uh, supposedly was on the floor of the Senate throwing around a number of four-letter words during this process as he became increasingly frustrated uh, with the way the Democrats were treating him. So in the the mind of of, of Harry Reid, the majority leader, Dick Durbin, the, the majority whip, he was the perfect whipping boy for them to to say that Republicans were were being obstructionists. it's a that's a narrative that we've heard for for months now when it comes to the health care bill and here was another opportunity for them to, to politically uh, you know really score a few points in their mind by saying Republicans are holding up even the most popular of bills even bills that were uh, you know in their in their opinion provide a, a tremendous amount of benefit to people who were down on their luck and didn't have jobs but he did succeed in highlighting the fact that Senate leadership is trying to go around its own rules for restraining or at least offsetting federal spending. Perhaps. I guess it depends on what newspaper you read. Some of them have pointed out the fact that he was simply trying to get them to pay for these extensions. Others have uh, have taken a slightly different tack and kind of suggested that he uh, just didn't care about these programs and have pointed out a couple uh, quotes that he made on the Senate floor. I think he said, uh, you know, tough luck, but I don't think he used luck. I think he... Uh, Use a different four-letter word, uh, to the senator from Oregon when he pleaded for uh, Bunning to release his hold on the bill. Incidentally, you know, they, they like to point out that, that the Senate has a lot of rules that, that slow down legislation, and that's certainly true, but they don't necessarily make the Senate come to a grinding halt. Senator Bunning was objecting to an unanimous consent agreement which is the way a lot of bills are moved. It's a way that, to move bills very quickly. There are other ways to move legislation in the Senate, of course. If Harry Reid had, you know, just rewound a, a week, couple weeks, fired, filed a motion to invoke cloture. They could have done this through regular order. They wouldn't have needed the, the unanimous consent agreement, and Bunning's vote would have been pretty much marginalized. Bottom line, though, this was in no way emergency legislation. No, it was not emergency legislation. They knew exactly when these programs were going to expire, and they knew so for months. Uh, so they very easily could have set up a, a, a cloture vote, taken a different procedural uh, strategy, and and like I said, Bunning would not have been able to hold this hold this bill up on his own. Uh, If Republicans uh, decided that they all wanted to get together and try to slow down this bill, well, then they could have probably thrown some sand in the gears. But um, as we saw um, just a couple days ago, there were Republicans that were supportive of the extension, supportive of not paying for it, Um, Susan Collins of Maine being uh, the most prominent one. Brandon Arnold is the Director of Government Affairs at the Cato Institute. You can read more on restraining federal spending at Cato.org.